0: Welcome to Rev City Church. Thank you guys for joining us online. We're so excited. I'm so excited to share this message with you. And I think it's going to bless you and hopefully equip you uh, for this season. So if you would do me a favor very quickly, turn to your Bible to so 2 Samuel chapter 16. And we're going to start in verse 7 and 8 there. And then also mark that and then put another mark in Psalm 42 verse 1. Those are the first two scriptures that we're going to go to. I've got a lot of scriptures for you, and uh, this is just a mini series I'm going to share with you over the next couple of weeks, and so I need you to listen fast, okay, because we got a lot of stuff to share this morning. Let's, uh, let's pray before we get started with the message today. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Lord God, thank you that you sent your word out, and it will not fall to the ground or return to you void, but accomplish exactly what you set it out to accomplish. I pray, Lord God, that you would accomplish your word in us and through us today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. Awesome, well, I'm so excited. As as, as Pastor Thomas said a minute ago, my name is Eddie Diaz. I'm one of the the pastors here at Rev City. And today I wanna share with you a message called Under Siege. Now, next week I wanna share a message. Uh, This is part of a mini series, like I said, called Realms. And I wanna speak about three realms that we as believers operate in, the physical realm, uh, the spiritual realm and the heavenly realm. And I know the heavenly realm is part of the spiritual realm, but for the sake of the, the miniseries here, it'll make sense as we go along. But today, before we get too much into that, I want to share the message under siege. And I want to look at the word siege first so that you can give uh, get the context of where I'm going to speak out of. A siege is a military operation in which enemy forces They surround a town, a building, or a home, and their intent is to cut off all essential supplies with the aim of compelling the surrender of those people that are inside. Okay, that's the definition of siege. Now, you're there in 2 Samuel chapter 16, and let me give you a little bit of backstory here. When this verse is written, it was during a time when King David was literally under siege himself. He was being chased by his son Absalom and his army in order to kill him so that he could take over and begin to rule uh, the people of Israel. So 2 Samuel 16, starting in verse 7. And Shimei, a picture of, who is a picture in the scripture of Satan, said as he cursed, Get out, get out, you man of blood, you worthless man. The Lord has avenged on you all the blood of the house of Saul in whose place you have reigned. And the Lord has given the kingdom into the hand of your son Absalom. See, your evil is on you. You are a man of blood." Now skip down a few verses to verse 13. It says, So David and his men went on the road while Shimei went along the hillside opposite him and cursed as he went and threw stones at him and flung dust. Pretty powerful imagery there. King Absalom, or Absalom rather, is after King David and he's, getting, he's pursuing him to kill his own father so that he can rule. And so Shimmy is one of those guys, and I think that's a funny name. If you think about it, he was on the hillside, probably Shimmy and But anyway, Shimmy was sitting there, and he was cursing him. He was throwing dirt at him, and he was saying, you're, you're going down. We're getting ready to take you out. Well, now, I t- the second passage of Scripture I told you to turn was Psalm 42, and this passage was written during this season. Psalm 42, verse 1 says, As a deer pants for flowing stream, so pants my soul for you, O God. Now there's a couple of times when a deer pants, and one of those times is when he's being chased by an enemy, a predator, or a hunter. So that's what David is feeling like. He's feeling like he's being chased by the enemy, by he's he's being hunted by this predator. Now that interested me. That I thought, wow, why was this, Why did he write that during this season of time? So I began to study a little bit about what it means for a deer to be hunted by the predator by a hunter. And what I found out is that after nine miles of pressure of being chased, a deer has used up almost all of his glycogen stores, which is where he gets his carbohydrates and he gets his energy. Probably about 80% is what scientists believe. And so uh, after nine miles, he's almost completely spent. Well, if you double that and you go 18 miles, well, then he is out of completely out of glycogen reserve. In other words, he has no energy, no carbohydrates to draw from. So he begins to pant because he needs water to be restored. This is a pic, picture of what you and I are going through when the enemy's after us. How many of you have ever seen, uh, like watch National Geographic or some kind of show like that, where a lion is chasing after a gazelle or a zebra. Raise your hands. Let me, let me see who's, who's with me. They're online. Uh, raise your hand. Put their hands up emoji if you've seen that, right? If you go, okay. How many of you, when you see that happen on a television show, you're rooting for the, for the zebra or the gazelle to get away? Raise your hands. Let me see that. Okay, for those of you that didn't raise your hands, I counsel on Thursday and Friday. I need you to call because you're psychos if you're rooting for the zebra to get killed, okay? guys, got problems. See, David is being sought out like a deer being chased. The enemy is after him, and he's crying out to the Lord. He's like that deer saying, God, I need water. I need living water. And just like you and I, when we're being pursued by the enemy, listen, we are in a battle. We're we're being depleted in our spirit. The enemy has surrounded us and he's piling on in hopes that we will surrender to him. We need the living water, the word of God to give us the energy that we need when we're under siege, amen? The only source that will suffice, the only energy that will last and sustain us is the word of God. Now listen, today I want to share with you four things that are going to help us to get to that living water, to help us to survive and sustain and to even become offensive when we're under siege. And the first thing there is if you're taking notes, and by the way, if you're taking notes, that's awesome. You can go to YouVersion, the YouVersion app, your Bible app, look in the events, find Rev City Church, and then you'll see the notes that will be all there for you, and you can save them and so on and so forth. So the first thing that you need to do when you're under siege is recognize that you're under siege. Write down, recognize. Listen, you're not just emotional. You aren't just reliving some old, sad memory. You're not just kind of depressed. The enemy is after you, and he's trying to place you under siege. He's surrounding you with the intent to cut you off to cut you off from hearing God to cut you off from his word to cut you off from the family to cut you off from the church to get you isolated so that you will give up hope and you will surrender let's look at king david again psalm 42:3 says my tears have been my f- have been my food day and night while they say to me all day long where is your god I thought, who is they? Who's David speaking about? And the scripture tells us a little verse, a couple of verses down in Psalm 42, verse 9 and 10. He says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say all day long, Where is your God? The the they is the enemy. And have you ever heard that in yourself? Where's your God? Look at what you're going through. I mean, you go to church. You pray. You serve. You attend life group. You're a nice person. Yet you lost your job. That person you're praying for, They didn't live. They weren't healed. You didn't get that promotion. Your marriage is in the tank. Where is your God? When you hear that voice, you need to recognize, you better recognize that you are under siege from the enemy. You're in a battle whether you want to be or not. Whether you believe it or not, the enemy is coming after you here's how we respond. Jude chapter one, verse nine, speaks of Michael, the archangel. And in contending with the devil, when he was disputing about the body of Moses, he dared not bring an accusation or violent an accusation, but he said, the Lord rebuke you. Four words. This Passage comes from Zechariah chapter three, verse two. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? You see, first we recognize that we are under siege. It's very real. And in the midst of the real, the enemy will try to tell you lies. He says, listen, no matter what you've done, God has given up on you. Where's your God? He's not there. You know why? Because you're messed up. He's not gonna help you anymore. That's a lie. Your response when that begins to happen, four words, the Lord rebuke you. Say that with me. The Lord, participation people, this is like school. The Lord rebuke you. When the enemy comes in and he's gonna come in, he's gonna to start to lie to you. Just the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Satan. And from that position, now you're standing on firm on the word of God. And from that position, you begin to declare what God's word really says. I am above and I am not beneath. I am blessed when I rise up and blessed when I lie down. I am a child of God. He has a plan to give me a hope and a future, not to cause me any harm, but to prosper me. The Lord rebuke you, Satan, in Jesus' name. You tell him, listen, I was that brand plucked from the fire but now I am seated in heavenly places with the Lord God. Listen, you just don't get sad. You just don't battle with a little bit of depression. You're under siege. You need to recognize you have an enemy that's trying to put you into this place of bondage. He's cunning. He's a schemer. Ephesians 6, uh, chapter 11, when it speaks about the uh, the armor of God, it says the enemy, you have to be wary of the schemes of the enemy. And I looked up the word scheme, and here's what it means. To make a plan, especially in a devious way, with intent to do something illegal or wrong. He'll even produce false evidence to show you what's happening, because he wants to frame it so that you'll be in bondage. Remember the story of Joseph. Joseph was tr- caught by his brothers. He went to go check on him, and his brothers threw him in a pit, and they took his, his coat of many colors that he was so proud of, and they covered it in some animal's blood, and they presented it to his father, and they said, do you re- recognize who this belongs to? And his, his dad took it, and he says, oh my goodness, this is my son Joseph's coat of many colors. Surely he was eaten by wild animals. Now, was that the truth? No, it was not the truth. He had been sold into slavery slavery after he'd been pulled out of the pit. But they presented false evidence appearing real because they had a scheme to take him out. And the enemy's a schemer, and he wants to take you out. And if he has to produce false evidence, he'll do that too. Here's a real world example. Let's bring it closer to home. <laughs> the enemy tells you, this happens to a lot to young couples that I counsel with after a couple of years of marriage and maybe you've heard other people that it's happened to. The enemy tells you, you know what? You married the wrong one. Yeah, you should have married the other one but you got this one and now you're kind of stuck. Anybody ever known anybody that heard that before? Don't raise your hands. The enemy tells you he lies to you. He presents, listen, you're the exact you're 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 opposite, you're not even the same. You're not the same person, you're exactly opposite. When they come to me, I'm like, well, yeah. If you were the same, you couldn't stand yourself. One of you is unnecessary if you're both the same. Right? Think about this. You drive yourself crazy. See, the enemy's got you believing these lies. He's trying to tell you, you married the wrong one. Someone who likes to, if you this is my example, my personal example, because Beth and I are totally opposite. you know, someone who likes to be on time, always seems to marry somebody who's always. I'm gonna get in trouble. Beth is watching this online right now. Yeah. We have to recognize that the enemy is trying to put us under siege. He's got us surrounded, and if he has to lie to do it, he'll do so. Number two, stop pouting. This is the soul in our lives the mind, the will, and the emotions. We want to pout when we come under siege. Now, did anybody ever watch when you were, when you have kids, if you have kids, you have little kids, or maybe when. You were just bored. You watched um, Jimmy Neutron? Yes, got a blast. Anyway, Jimmy Neutron was one of my kids' favorites when they, were, when they were little. And praise God, they're not home anymore. Yes, Jesus. But anyway, when they were little, they were with us. And so um, they used to love to watch Jimmy Neutron. And one scene, uh, one show in Jimmy Neutron, all the, all the parents were abducted. And my kids were like, yes, if only that could happen here. But anyway, they were abducted. And so the kids were now ruling the city. And so they were living life and they were doing what kids do. They were, you know, eating all the cotton candy and all that kind of stuff. And in one particular scene, there's, there's the little kids or the newscasters, they're actually doing the news. And this one little girl, she's crying and she's pouting. And she's like, I was on the teeter daughter, and I fell off. And it hurt. Just like that. And so, whenever my kids would come to Beth and I, and they would be pouting for something because they wanted something, I'd look at them and I'd go, "Were you on the teeter-totter and you fell off?" And then they would just go, "Gosh, I don't like you," and they just walk away. Because <laughs> I was like, "No pouting! We don't pout in this house. It's not allowed." So stop pouting. Now I'm, I'm sharing that with you. I really don't know why I shared it because it's funny, but I guess no, no. Truthfully, I'm sharing that with you because that's the tone that I believe uh, King David had when he wrote this next scripture, Psalm 42, verse four. I'm going to say it like a pompadour, okay? So to give you the visual, when I remember the things, I pour out my soul within me, for I used to go with the multitude. And we went into the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim's feast in it Arr! Anybody ever pouted before? In the last message, my mom got on Facebook and said, "That's exactly what Eddie does." See, when you're depressed, when you're under siege, pouting to yourself, it's not going to cheer you up. You need to change the atmosphere. You need to get around somebody who is going to encourage you, somebody who's going to speak alive to you. You need to receive ministry. You need to go to the word of God. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you into all truth. You need to put on some worship, put on some praise and worship, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness slash pouting. You need to find somebody to talk to about it. Men, I'm sorry to tell you, say this. You may have to share your feelings. I know. Oh. Beth will say, Eddie, how does that make you feel? And I'm like, I don't feel anything. She goes, Eddie, share your feelings. I'm like, They cut that off when they cut the umbilical cord. I don't have feelings. We need to share our feelings. I know it's tough. See, in this season, some of you right now are under siege. And if you're not in under siege right now, maybe in the next season you will be. This isn't to cause you any kind of dread or anxiety or fear. It's just to recognize that it can happen. And we need to recognize it when it does. In this world, we will have trouble. That's what Jesus said. But take heart, he said. I've overcome the world, and we can too. Amen? One of the stories I used to share with my kids when, we were, when they were little, and they're not little anymore, they're all grown. Praise Jesus. Did I say that already? But they would ask me, Dad, they were little, what would happen if somebody tried to break into our house. And I would say, you know what I would do? Man, I'd grab them by the nose and I'd twist it. They were like, really? And I'm like, yeah. Then I'd grab them right by the ear and I'd just tell them, get out. And they were like, man, dad is awesome. He's the best nose twister we know. And I'm like, "You're, uh, you're right. But think about that for a second, for you. What are you going to do if somebody breaks into your house? You're going to fight. I hope so. In my family, you coming to my house trying to hurt me or my family? You better buckle up. And see, we get that. We have this fight mentality in us when it comes to people physically coming in. Can I tell you something? It's happening spiritual every single day in the spirit, and we're not doing anything about it. And it's wrong. The enemy is coming to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants you in bondage, and you better recognize it, and you better stand up, and you better fight with the word of God. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Some of you don't know if you believe that or not. But you better recognize the enemy wants to put you under siege, and he doesn't play a game. And you can't just grab a hold of his nose or his ear. You better use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, to get him out. Amen? Amen. Sorry, I'm a little intense. This gets me fired up. We have to recognize, and then we have to stop pouting and take offensive action. Well, how do we take offensive action? We Recognize, stop pouting now, Start speaking. Here's the difference. When you pout, you're pouting from your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. But when you begin to speak, now you're speaking from the Spirit because you begin to declare the Word of God. Psalm 42, 5. Now listen, this is Psalm 42, 4, where he was pouting. But look at the next verse in Psalm 42, 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation. You see the difference? There was a pout here, and he says, no, why why am I doing this? He begins to talk to himself. Why am I pouting? Why are you so cast down? Hope in God. Begin to declare God's word. Psalm 132. Listen to this, Psalm 131, verse two, rather. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. You know what a child does when he's being weaned from the bottle? He cries a lot. He whines and he pouts because he doesn't want solid food. He wants the bottle. And David equates that pouting to himself saying, why Am I doing this? I've calmed and quieted my soul. Like that powder, like that weaned child who's crying and throwing a fit is my soul within me, but I've shut it down. I'm not gonna pout anymore. I'm gonna begin to speak. You see, pouting is the soul. Talking is from the spirit. And there's a spiritual principle that I wanna share with you, and I hope that you get this. The soul is supposed to serve the Spirit. Genesis chapter 25, verse 23. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two people from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The older, which is the soul, shall serve the younger, which is the Spirit. It's the spiritual principle of Jacob and Esau. Esau was the older, yet he served. Jacob the younger. Rachel and Leah. Leah was the older, Rachel the younger. Ismael and uh, Isaac. Ismael was the older. Isaac was the younger. Joseph and his brothers, David and his brothers, even the prodigal son and his older brother. This is a spiritual example of the younger or the older is supposed to serve uh, the younger. Why is this important? And here's what you need to understand. before salvation, before you were saved, before you surrendered your life to Jesus, the soul controlled everything. Right? Whatever you wanted to do, whatever your mind, your will, and your emotions led you to, that's what you did. That's the soul. That's the older. But then you got saved. And you got filled with the Spirit of God. And now the Spirit of God inside of you leads the older. But can I tell you something? That older is going to throw a fit because it does not want to be led by the Spirit. It wants to do what it's always done in the mind and the will and the emotion, whatever feels good that moment. The spiritual principle is this. We have to be led and speak the Word of God over that pouty soul. And this is what David eventually did, as we read there in 42.5. His soul was pouting and his spirit said, stop it. And he began to speak. (laughs) My pouting story is a little bit like that. And I'll share that with you in just a minute. Recognize that we're under siege. Stop pouting and start speaking. And number four, run to God. When you're under siege, when you're surrounded by the enemy, get your eyes on God, not the circumstance. Again, Psalm 42:5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Now, look at Psalm 42, verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Psalm 43, 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted? Within me, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Did you notice we read three different scriptures, but they all said virtually the same thing, but there was one switch. In the first verse that we read, in Psalm 42 in verse, uh, Psalm 42 in verse five, why are you cast down with me, O my soul, I, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. Go to the next passage there. For the help of whose countenance? For the help of whose countenance? His countenance. Now go to the next passage of Scripture. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of my countenance. See that? My countenance. Now go to 443.5. 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. The help of whose countenance? my countenance. You see the difference? And you know what your countenance is? It's the facial expression. So what David is saying, he said, why are you so disquieted within me? And he goes and he goes, for the help, hope of his countenance. I'm going to get my eyes on God. And when I get my eyes on God, he was able to later say, for the help of my countenance, it changed my face. When we look at God, it changes the circumstances that we're dealing with right now. You understand what I'm saying to you? Yes? <laughs> I don't know if that's ready because I don't know, you know, because I want to pout. <laughs> we get our eyes on God so we get our eyes off of us. And when I see his face, it better change my face and your face. David is saying in the scripture passage, And what the Holy Spirit is saying to you and I, that when we look at God's face, it changes our face. We need to run to God. Think about this for a second. When you're battling sadness and anger, stress, fear, what are most people going to see first in your face? Your countenance is down. I didn't share this in the first service, but I got a minute or two. I'll share this with you. Have you ever um, walked up to somebody, maybe a friend or a family member, and, and you didn't know anything before you saw them, but when you saw them, you could see their face. Their countenance was different. It was down. What is the first thing you say to them? Hey, are you okay? Something wrong? Has anybody ever seen that before? Have you been that person? I think I've, for some of you, you know this story before, but I would walk around always kind of with my brow furrowed, you know, just kind of like, it's because I'm always thinking about something or you know, I'm focused on something. And my pastor used to tell me all the time, Eddie, you okay? And I'd be like, yeah. And he'd go, tell your face, man, come on. <laughs> And because because I had this countenance on my face, it made me look, I was stressed out or depressed or whatever. Now, there are times when I have been that way. And my wife or my kids are going like, Eddie, have you taken your medication? I mean, I mean Eddie, are you okay? See, when our countenance is down, many times it's because we've got our eyes off of him. We're not running to God. We're trying to figure it out on our own. See, when that happens... And it will from time to time. Don't allow the enemy to cause you to to surrender to his siege. Get offensive. Run to God. Because when you do, listen to me, when you run to God, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. In the midst of the battle, David being under siege, losing all that he probably held dear, what tore him up the most, when you read these passages of Scripture, was when he said, and he was whining, I used to go to the multitudes, to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise. He was pouting from his soul. For a moment, David thought, I can only worship God in the synagogue, in church. But now he wasn't allowed there because Absalom was trying to kill him. But then he remembered when he quieted his soul, he began to speak by the spirit of God and he began to say, I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance of my God, and my God. In other words, I've turned my face back to you, Lord, and no matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm going through, I'm going to praise you. See, don't get me wrong, it's good that we're here in church today, but for you online, for you at home, it doesn't matter where you are, you can praise God right there. Now my padding story, because I know y'all want to hear it. There was a season in my life a couple of years ago where things weren't going like I wanted them to go. I felt I'd heard God, we'd made some decisions based on that, and we moved in that situation. And the bottom fell out from under us. And I heard everything I shared with you, I heard those words. Where's your God now?" Thought you heard him, didn't you? Where is he? And for a moment, I pouted and I whined and I complained. And I was asking myself, well, where is God? And in the midst of my pouting, the Holy Spirit came to me as only he can. And he said, Eddie, you come to my gates with thanksgiving, And my courts with praise, not pouting. Stop pouting. Stop it. And I thought, was that God? (laughs) Because I wanted to pout, by the way. And I was going to go ask Beth if it was God, but I knew she would agree with God, and so I didn't go there. (laughs) Thanksgiving and praise, prayer, and asking. The scriptures tell us that when we do those things, we make our requests known to God, and when we do that, they will, uh, the, the God will bring a peace that surpasses all understanding, and peace will guard our hearts in Christ Jesus. In the middle of that pout, when he said, you enter my course of uh, praise and my, my course of thanksgiving, I just thought, wow. I've been really pouting a lot. And so I began to thank God. I said, God, thank you that even though these circumstances don't line up like I think they should, that you'll make a way where there is no way. Thank you, God. I praise you, Father God, because I know that if this is the door that's closed, you're gonna open a door that no man can close. You're gonna make a way where there seems to be no way. God, I thank you and I praise you because I'm trusting in you for this next season of my life. And it was almost like instantaneously. I know it was not instantaneous. It took some time. But in that moment, things began to shift in the atmosphere. And I walked out from the siege, and I began to walk in victory. And God began to open doors and began to put us in the place that we were supposed to be. And praise God, that place was here. A peace that surpasses understanding to my soul. But in the spirit, I, I just knew it was God, began to guard my heart, and we began to walk in a new season. Now let me recap here, and I want you to stand up with me if you would. If you're there at home, I want you to take a step of faith. and it's, it's 12 o'clock, so you better be out of bed. Stand up. Stand up with me, stand up with us. and let me recap. When you're under siege, you recognize, you stop, you stop pouting, you start speaking, you get your eyes on God and you run to him. You need water. And this Bible is living water to your spirit right now. right where you are, right there in your chairs there, for you there online at home, or wherever you're at. I want you to do me a favor, and I want you just in yourself, ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me right now? As I said earlier, some of you may be under siege right now. Some of you may, may be getting ready to be under siege, whatever the case may be. Again, not to cause you dread or, or, or anxiety, just to recognize when that season comes. Holy Spirit wants to minister to you today if you're under siege. He wants to let you know that he's there. He's an ever-present help in our time of need and he will never leave us or forsake us. If that's you right now and you feel like you're in the battle, you're right in the midst of it, would you raise your hands for me, please? I want to pray with you. Thank you, sir. I see you there. Thank you. I see you back in the back. I see you there. Anybody else? All over this room, we got people raising their hands. For those of you that aren't raising your hands, I want you to pray for your brothers and sisters that are next to you because they're going through it right now. And maybe they're even here. And where is your God? I want to tell you today, I came to tell you today, he's right there. Look up. Look up, recognize what it is. It's the battle that you're in. No more pouting if you've been pouting. Begin to declare the word over your life. Begin to speak God's word. There are you at home. You're in the middle of it. The oppression's coming. The depression is right there at the door. Recognize it. You're under siege. Don't give in. Look up. Look up. Stop pouting. Start speaking the word of God. If you raise your hands, I want to declare the word of God over you right now. Father God, I lift up my brothers and sisters who are at home online, who are in this room. They're in the middle of it, Lord God. They're they're in a battle. And the enemy is trying to get them to surrender. In the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus, I bind the enemy over their lives right now in Jesus' name. Stop it. The Lord rebuke you. These are sons and daughters of the Most High God. They were blessed when they rose up this morning. They'll be blessed when they go to bed tonight. They'll be blessed when they walk out of here this afternoon, Lord God because you go before them, you surround them, you encamp yourself around them, and you're their rear guard. There is no weapon formed against them that will prosper. Be an ever-present help in their time of need right now, Lord God. Their hands are lifted up to you, and you are the only one who can get them through this. There may be another segment of people here this morning And maybe you've never run to God. Maybe you don't even know who who Jesus is. You may be at home and you're watching this online. You don't know how you got here. God knows how you got here. He wanted you to hear this message because he has something for you today. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, you're in the perfect place to do this, there at home or here in this room. And we pray a prayer together every week because we want to remind ourselves that one time we were lost And we were without a Savior, but we found Jesus. And the other thing we want to remind ourselves is that we never graduate from grace. Every single day, we need the grace of God in our lives. So I'm going to ask you guys here to join me in this room. I'm going to ask you to join me online. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, I want you to repeat these words after me. We're going to pray with you together. Father God, I come to you in need of a Savior. Forgive me of my sin and cleanse me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I need you today. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give a clap offering for those who surrender their life to Jesus? I hope this message ministered to you. I hope that you receive it today. Recognize. No pouting. Start speaking and run to God. Amen? Let's worship the Lord this morning.